We are Sarah and Laura. We are doulas, mothers, women, wives, and entrepreneurs. We love a lot of things. The gym, food, coffee, health, kombucha, our families, and our friends. We are so committed to being authentic, honest, and vulnerable and showing up here just the way we are. We promise to never positive wash anything, but please know that we are wholeheartedly committed to radically thriving. With this podcast, we hope to connect on a deeper level and talk about hard stuff. Ultimately, we want women and mothers to know deeply who they are and what makes them feel happy. Whether you're getting into a bath or taking us on a walk with you. Or maybe you're commuting to work. We are honored that you chose our podcast to listen to. Okay, this is weird. I don't even know how many episodes have we recorded by now. 20? And I guess it's not really a lot in the grand scheme of things, but I'm used to having Sarah here and saying, Hey, Sarah. And then she answers. And then I can sip my coffee while she talks. I made a fresh coffee for this podcast, and I can't really take a sip. But I need to take a breath. And I'm going to take a sip. So take a sip of your own coffee. That's right. It's an ASMR podcast where you listen to me drink coffee. I'm joking, I promise. Um, so here I am. I am Lara, one of the co-hosts of Radically Thriving. And Sarah and I had a lot to do on Thursday because we're in the process of hiring two more, probably two more postpartum doulas to help us out in the summer. And we ran out of time to record a podcast on Thursday. So we decided, you know what, maybe we will try doing some solo episodes and what better to talk about than our own birth stories. So I have two children. Everly is almost 10 and Shay is almost eight. So let's go back to the beginning. That's a time travel sound. Uh, (laughs) And now I'm laughing at myself. So I got pregnant with Everly, found out I was pregnant on my 25th birthday. Um, I had just found out my parents were splitting up, so it was a highly emotional time. But when I was pregnant, I, my body just had this incredible sense of zen through it. It was, my hormones were like bang on, I had really beautiful, wonderful pregnancies. I was tired um, and nauseous probably every day in the first trimester, but nothing crazy. Um, My friends all say that they don't even really remember me being pregnant because it wasn't a whole lot different from me being normal. I still went to parties. I still stayed up. I, and I don't really justify those as great decisions. Probably should have been taking better care of myself, but I was young and silly. And now I'm a lot older than that. So let's see. I was not a doula when I got pregnant with Everly. And we did a prenatal class at Babies in Arms, which is a was a doula company that ran out of the Cafe of Life, which is our good friend Joel's chiropractic office. So I was lucky enough to be a part of a community where having home births and striving for intervention-free births 
and trusting the birth process and your intuition were all normal things for our our group of friends. So we took the prenatal class at Babies in Arms. It was great. And it was in that class that Ryan said, what is a doula? And I think we need one after he learned what they were. Uh, so I messaged my friend Lindsay and she was on the podcast a few weeks ago and she was quickly hired as our doula. So that kind of set the tone for the way that our birth was going to go. So um, let me see. I was due June 8th, 2011. And of course, had never really considered going overdue and what that would look or feel like. I think I finished work maybe that day. Uh, Didn't take any time off before, which was good because then I got a week off before she was born because she was born June 16th, 2011. So I started having contractions probably around uh, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. on the 11th. And my intuition at the time led me to kind of be a cat in a drawer laborer, a bit of a cave laborer. And I walked around the house. I did a lot of squats holding on to our island height kitchen table, which was a nice height for kind of hanging off of. Um, I prowled around a lot, like just kind of walking. You could walk a circle around our kitchen in our living room. So walking that circle over and over again, finding a bit of a rhythm there. And I did that for three or four hours. I think I took a couple baths in there as well. Um, It was pretty intense. It seemed intense. But again, like the first time, you have nothing to compare it to. I did not call my doula yet. I'm not even sure that I texted her to give her a heads up. I don't I don't actually remember. I don't know if she would remember. Um, so I woke Ryan up around five and he said, no, you're not ready yet. I'm going back to sleep, <laughs> which seems like kind of an asshole move, really. But that is what you need in your first birth, because you do not anticipate that it's going to take a long time. And you don't want your partner to also lose an entire night of sleep because they are your asset that first week. If they are able to take time off, there is no benefit to them watching you go through contractions that you can very well cope with yourself. They might as well rest. And he had worked the whole day before and I don't know if he was reaching for what he learned in prenatal class. I don't think he was. I think he was just tired. He's terrible to wake up. But that was fine. So I kept taking baths and walking and just breathing through them. And I woke him up at 7 a.m. again and said, I need to go to the midwife's office. I need them to check me. And if I am two centimeters, I'm going to throw myself in front of a bus. So he got up. And moved pretty quickly. We got to the midwife's office. It's close to the hospital in London, so it was about a 30-minute drive from where we lived. So we get to the midwife's office, and she checks me, and sure enough, I'm a two. I mean, all of you listening who have had 
first labors, you know what that feeling is like. That first time that you get a cervix check, I mean, if you're not a two, it's shocking. Um, Now I know that. Now I know that. Now my expectations are very low for early labor with a first birth. Honestly, it takes time, so much time to build that fundus, to open your cervix, to efface your cervix. It takes time. None of this was running through my head at that time. I was just pissed. So pissed. So my midwife, Allison, at the time, she said, I want you to go get some gravel and I want you to go home and I want you to try and take a nap. And I was like, you are effing insane. I will never sleep. I am in intensity right now. And I thought she was crazy. But regardless, we listened and at 7.45 in the morning, there's not a lot of choices for Shoppers Drug Marts being open. I don't know if my memories are warped here, but I'm pretty sure we tried to go to one 24-hour Shoppers and they were out of gravel, like the drowsy kind that you need. <laughs> so we were like, what do we do? Like none of them are open. I'm having contractions. So Ryan says, you know what? I know your dad has gravel at his house. How he knew this, I don't even really know. But my dad lives about, lived about 10 minutes further north of us. So we're in London. We need to go back to Bryanston where we live. And Ryan's got to drive to get gravel from my dad. So we call Lindsay, the doula, and she meets us at home. And what a godsend. Like just shows up with a Starbucks. She's so happy and chipper. I mean, what doula isn't in an early morning daytime birth? (laughs) Now I know that that is a glorious feeling. So she shows up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and Ryan leaves to go to my dad's and we go inside to the bedroom. So at this point, it's probably 8.15, 8.30-ish. So laboring away in the bedroom and it was like as soon as Ryan left, things took a turn and got even more intense. And I labored in the bedroom. I remember kind of going pee a couple of times and that moving was taking a lot of my effort. I don't remember any conversation with Lindsay. I remember her talking to me calmly, reminding me to breathe, reminding me to relax my shoulders. But it was already a very out of body experience at that time. And I'm blurry on the detail here if Ryan was home or not, but I started to spontaneously push. So my body, all of a sudden, I'm bearing down, I'm grunty, I have a lot of pressure in my bum, and I'm like, Lindsay, what is going on? And what's going on is I'm in transition, and she knows that we are not having a home birth, And we need to get in the car. So Ryan gets home or was home. It was very close in timing there. And we need to get me in the car. Well, getting somebody in the car when they're, I'm going to guess I was probably eight centimeters. Very difficult. I'm having contractions every two minutes. It takes some time to get me down the stairs to the car. I lift up my leg and my water breaks all over his car. It was a Pontiac G8. Literally, this car is his baby. He talks to it like, oh, hello, cute car. Like he always talks to, he loves his cars. So I have amniotic fluid all over his car. Uh, 
he is fine with it, obviously, but then we have to get me inside, change my pants, and get back in the car, all while I am spontaneously pushing. I remember at one point, Lindsay said, do you want me to look and see if I can see the head? And I don't actually remember if she did or didn't or, I mean, what I know now, and if you're ever in this situation and you're at home and you're spontaneously pushing, it is your body. You can reach down and you can touch and you can, you will feel ahead if a baby's about to come out. Um, so we decide, yes, get back in the car. So we lay down some towels. I lay in the back seat. I remember, I think, having my head on Lindsay's lap. And I remember looking out the window and watching every street go by as we're going to the hospital. So like we pass Huron Street, we pass Cheapside, we pass Oxford Street and we're getting close to the hospital and then bam, a train stuck behind a train while I'm pushing. Not happy. Luckily, don't have the baby in the car. We roll up to the hospital to the front doors and Ryan lets out Lindsay and I and she puts me in a wheelchair and he goes to park the car. This I remember vividly, which is so funny that I lose a lot of the the transition part. But now I'm almost back in my body because I realize that like we are in a high stakes situation right now. I feel like I'm going to have this baby in the elevator. So we get in the elevator and this little old lady's on the elevator with us. The, the delivery ward is on the fourth floor and she press, presses three. So the elevator has to stop and let her out on three. And I am like a demon at this point, like, like breathing, making crazy noises. And this little old lady is like oblivious. Doors open. She slowly saunters out of the elevator. The elevator doors shut. I think I said some profane language to Lindsay about this particular situation. So we get to the fourth floor and uh, we get to the fourth floor and I don't think Ryan was even up there yet. And my midwife, Allison, slowly walks over and she's like, oh, yeah, you look like things have intensified since this morning. And I'm like, no shit. So we go into triage. She checks me. Oh, yeah, you're 10 centimeters and your water's intact. As Ryan is standing in the door. And he looks at us like, what do you mean your water's intact? What's all over my car? It was pee. I peed all over his car. He forgave me. So I'm 10 centimeters. I'm in triage. I don't remember how they got me from triage to the delivery room. Um, I don't know if I could have walked. It probably would have taken me forever. So when we got to the hospital, it was around 10 a.m. And went into the room, got kind of all settled in there and pushed a few times and she was born at 1026. So that was Everly. It was insane and a whirlwind. And we stayed at the hospital for a couple hours and then we hit up McDonald's on the way home and it was a lovely day. So Lindsay was home by probably 1.30 p.m. Great day. Um, So that was Everly. And breastfeeding was horrible for the first few weeks. Um, Everly is tongue-tied and lip-tied, I now know, and I question if getting that revised would have helped her or me. It 
we've heard from some people that tongue tie lip ties are kind of the flavor of the week lately and they're overdiagnosed and I don't know. But what I do know is that my nipples were torn to shreds and I was in a lot of pain. I spent a lot of time crying to Lindsay on the phone asking, what have I done? Um, But then about six weeks into it, it was worth it. It was really, really lovely. So fast forward. We thought we wanted three years between our kids. Uh, Alcohol knew better. And all of a sudden, Everly is uh, like 16 months old-ish. My math might be wrong on here. And some really smart decisions, one drunken night, led to Shay being conceived. So uh, my pregnancy with Shay was was also great. Um, Aside from being pregnant with an 18-month-old at home, that's not super ideal. But for some reason, we do it to ourselves. Uh, I was also tired and nauseous. I can remember falling asleep doing massages on people like if the if people didn't talk to me and we're listening to Enya and like the room is warm I could nod off mid-massage now my head never actually like hit anybody uh but definitely there were times where I nodded off uh I went to Mexico while I was pregnant with Shay and I was the MC for a wedding and I went to Coco Bongo's If you know what Coco Bongos is, you know how crazy it is that I went there 20 weeks pregnant. We stayed out until four in the morning and I had an amazing time, completely sober. And there was this great bachelor party beside us at Coco Bongos and they kind of created a force field around me so nobody would knock into me. And it's one of my favorite pregnancy memories doing that. I mean, life doesn't end when you're pregnant. You can still have a good time if you feel okay. I do remember we went actually went down south both with both pregnancies around the same time, 20 weeks mark, and fresh fruit, like pineapple and papaya, when you're down south and you're 20 weeks pregnant, the best food. It was incredible. Um, I actually haven't been to an all-inclusive resort not pregnant other than like way before Ryan and I were even married. So that is on my bucket list. When we are allowed out of this shut down, lockdown, what, what is this? I don't even know. Emerge- no, it's not an emergency break anymore. Stay at home order, whatever that is. I can't wait to go to an all-inclusive resort. I just want someone else to cook for me and clean my room and bring me rum punches and oh, not be pregnant during that. That'd be great. So, Shay, I went over my due date with Everly. So I would say I was somewhat prepared to go over with Shay. So Shay was due July 21st, 2013. And she was not born in July. She was not born until August 4th. I tried literally everything, literally everything. Um, And I'm going to tell you guys a, a story But I need you to promise that if you listen to this podcast and I'm going to tell you this story, which is like horrifying, that you will screenshot this and share it on your stories and tag the podcast and talk about how much it made you laugh that I did this silly, silly thing. So I was about 41 and 5 
And if you don't know this, uh, Pitocin, which they use at the hospital to induce labors, is can be derived from pig sperm. That's what I learned in my doula course anyways. I'm not even 100% sure if that's true, but that was, that was what I thought then. So I had been talking about this with Ryan and my girlfriends kind of laughing about it. And I wondered like, okay, well, if they're inducing me with Pitocin, which is sperm, maybe if I ingest sperm, I could induce my labor. I mean, it's worth a shot. Uh, this is TMI, and I'm really sorry if my mom is listening to this. Maybe, I don't know, earmuffs about four minutes ago? Uh, sorry. <laughs> so I was not obviously going to manually get that into my system. Um, so I had, was out for dinner with some girlfriends, and Ryan sent me a picture of a shot glass in the fridge that he had left a deposit in for me. So the next morning I woke up and I made myself a labor induction smoothie with the ingredients of sperm and pineapple. That's right. You heard that right. The worst part was Everly loved having sips of my smoothies and she was pretty upset when I wouldn't let her have a sip of that one. Okay, did that even really come out of my mouth? So gross, so gross. Anyways, guess what? Newsflash didn't effing work. If you've ever been super far overdue, you feel my frustration at this point. So I'm 41 and six and I am so frustrated and so large. And we go to a barbecue. I bring a six pack of beer to the barbecue and people look at you really strange, really strange when you show up very pregnant to a barbecue with alcohol. But honestly, I had like maybe one beer. Like you can't drink much more than that anyways. And she was cooked. She was fully cooked. Not giving her FAS at that point. So I spent a lot of time at Ribfest when those last two days of my pregnancy. I think we went Saturday and Sunday morning. And you could get these pineapple bowls that were like chopped up pineapple with maraschino cherries. I think I ate two of those. My mouth was so raw. Ate so many ribs, walked around. It was hot, 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 hot out and had some discussions with our midwives. I'm having another sip of coffee, guys. You can too if you want. Oh, yeah, that's better. Okay, so had had some discussions with our midwives about how, what's the plan here? So I had negotiated with Ryan that... I wanted a home birth with our next baby after Everly because I had done my doula training and I felt like I knew a lot more and I was super comfortable having a home birth. He was not. He was not comfortable having a home birth at first, um, but we did attend the home birth night at our midwife's office and that really helped change his mind. He was a volunteer firefighter at the time in Bryanston where we lived And I had cousins, uncles, we had high school friends, my first boyfriend, like they're all on the fire department. So Ryan's biggest fear was that if something went wrong, they're the first responders. So like my whole family is running in and I'm naked pushing a baby out. I mean, in retrospect, really, if something was wrong, I don't care who's showing up. It's like, please help me. But 
home birth is safe. Home birth is just as safe statistically as hospital birth for low risk pregnancies. Your midwives don't want you to be at home and if if it's not the safest place for you. So it was the safest place for me. But that being said, that at the time, I believe that they did not want to support home births once you were past 42 weeks. I now know that most midwifery clinics will let you push that to 43. I don't even like the word let you. And if there's any midwives listening to this and you can shed some light on it and want to send us a DM, that'd be amazing. But I'm not sure what the rule is. Um, But I do know that they were saying that 42 weeks was kind of the max. And after that, home birth isn't really an option. So I was not going to give up my home birth because I... We knew that this could be our last child. So, I mean, I was being stubborn and I wanted a home birth. So we decided that after many non-stress tests and ultrasounds in the last week, that she was healthy and great, but there was also no reason to wait any longer. At this point, I was also five centimeters, guys. So let's think about that. I had contractions every night from 40 weeks to 42 weeks with Shay. I would take my gravel, I'd take a bath, I'd have a half a glass of wine, and my labor would peter out at about 1am and I'd sleep all night. Every night. So I don't know if I would call that prodromal labor or early labor, but it did work because I was five centimeters when they broke my water. So my midwife Diane and midwife Sarah came over and broke my water sent me out for a walk. I walked up and down our gravel road a little bit. So they broke my water at 3.30 p.m. And I think I walked until about 5. We came home. We ordered some pizza. I was having sporadic contractions probably every six minutes. Not very intense. I remember like rocking on my birth ball During contractions, I would breathe through them. And then after the contraction, I'd look up and there would be Lindsay, Diane, Sarah, and Ryan all staring at me, waiting, waiting for these contractions to intensify. Because I know that they're all just hoping. Because when you break water, you don't know. They're, They're hoping that this labor gets going so that we don't need any additional encouragement. So we order pizza And my entertainment of choice was watching the OC and specifically the Christmas episodes and the Malls episode. We eat pizza. It's about 630. I'm eating pizza and then my appetite goes away. And you know when your appetite goes away, that shit's about to get real. So I excuse myself and head to the bedroom by myself for about an hour. I was in the bedroom, I think from 6.30 to 7.30, laboring on my own. I imagine Lindsay was probably nearby. She might've been in there actually with me. Very dark, very quiet. I was just laying down. And at 7.30, the midwives came to check me again because it had been since 3.30 since I'd had a cervix check when they broke my water. So they check my cervix and I'm still a five. It's probably about 7.30, 7.45, maybe eight at this point. And I am pissed, pissed again. So mad. Like you get this idea in your head of 
the intensity and where you should be at and this somewhat equation that you think is fair that I was five centimeters at 330. I should not still be five centimeters at this point. But my, I was effaced and dilated, but the fundus had not built. And I know that now because I know anatomy and I've taken Sarah's prenatal class enough to know how this actually physically works. But then I did not know that. I do not advise doing what I did next. This is very strange. I, it is not based on science, but I decided, fuck it. I'm just going to start pushing. What's going to happen? I'll just push her down. So I did. And at 8.36, Shay was born. I don't remember another cervix check. Maybe at the very end, actually. Oh, I do. They did one more cervix check at the very end, right before she was born. I feel like I was, I had a cervix lip, which is the worst thing to hear. But they pushed it out of the way, I think, while I pushed. And out she came. On my bed, in my bedroom. It was wonderful everything I had ever dreamed of. She did get a little bit stuck and they had to put the cookie sheet underneath my hips and maneuver her shoulders out a little bit. She was a big girl. She was 8'12", but I mean, she was two weeks over, so it made sense. She could have been bigger. 8'12 really isn't that bad. So yeah, she came out screaming, wonderful. And I, my favorite memory of that night was The midwives then like ran me a bath with my sits bath in it. And Shay and I went and got in the bath together. I think she came with me. Maybe she didn't. That seems weird because we like to not bath babies that early. So maybe she didn't. I know I took a bath. And then by the time I got out of the bath, everybody was all packed up to leave. It was 11 p.m. I got into my fresh bed and went to sleep. And that is the best part about home birth so awesome that you are just at home in your own space and everybody leaves and then you're just comfortable and you get a lot more rest at home than you do at the hospital. I went home from the hospital the first time, but I know that from being a doula that the hospital when you stay overnight is not somewhere where you're going to catch up on sleep. Unfortunately, they, they check on you a lot because that's their job. Yeah. So Shay was born August 4th at 8.36 p.m. And Everly was at my dad's cottage when that happened. She came home, I think the next day, and met Shay, and that was great. Um, I, I guess we'll go into this because I feel like it's a part of Shay's birth story. So around day five was when I started having pain. I actually went to a wedding day five, Um, because it was one of my high school best friends getting married and I wasn't going to stay at home and miss it. And I just figured, you know what? I'm going to go to this wedding and just see how it goes. I got my hair and makeup done. This seems insane to me. Like if I had a doula client who was considering going to a wedding day five, I don't even know if I could get on board and champion that, but I did it and it was actually fine and okay. But the next day I woke up and I was having a bit of pain and I wrote it off as I thought I had thrown myself out of bed and kind of pulled my psoas, like my, my hip muscle. It felt like muscle pain. So I spent a couple days limping around 
the pain got worse and worse. I, uh, I remember by day 10, 11, I couldn't even lift my leg. I was dragging it. And I thought I had pulled my quad, my groin. The, the pain kept kind of migrating lower down my leg. Not once. Not once did what actually was happening to, happening to me cross my mind. And it's funny because talking to friends after the fact, I know that there were a couple people who I was texting in the midst of that that were worried that it was a blood clot and didn't say anything um, because I was a healthy, fit person. I was active during my pregnancy. I was active in my postpartum. I mean, there's a balance between active and rest, but I, I was at a wedding. I was looking good. I was feeling great. I had a home birth. It was intervention free. I was feeding myself well. I had felt great day three, four, and it just kept getting worse. So I shared this post on our feed the other day talking about going to Shay's newborn shoot and pulling up to my photographer's office, looking up the stairs and texting her asking if there was an elevator because the thought of carrying Shay up the stairs in her car seat while dragging my leg was awful. But I did it. I did it. I uh, got up the stairs and had our newborn shoot, went home that night, and it was the next morning I sat down to feed Shay and put my legs up on the ottoman and my left leg was double the size of my right and purple. I wish I still had a picture of it. I maybe do in a hard drive somewhere. I'd love to find it. So at that point, I did not know what to do. I knew that something was wrong. I still was telling myself it was a pulled muscle. Blood clot still at this point had never crossed my mind. Um... My cousin Katie was on her way over for a visit and my dad's girlfriend's daughter, Amy, lived just down the road. So I, in my head, was putting together a plan. I knew that I was probably going to have to go to the doctor's office or something was going to have to happen. So my first text was to my friend Joel, who's a chiropractor who I respect so much, his his medical opinions He's somebody who is not quick to go to antibiotics or medication. He trusts the body. So I knew that his values were in line with mine. I knew the answer to the question that I texted him, but I asked him anyways. I sent him a picture of my legs and I said, this couldn't be from a pulled quad, could it? And his response was, go to the hospital yesterday. And this is from somebody who is, again, not not the person who's going to tell you to go to the hospital unless you absolutely have to. So I trusted him and uh, Katie came with me because I had Shay with me and I didn't make Ryan leave work because again, I thought I was just being silly. I thought it was just something that was going to go away. And I got in the car with Katie and Shay and Amy came to watch Everly and off Katie and I went to University Hospital. We went to Emerge. They got us pretty in pretty quick. And Katie stayed with Shay in triage while I went and had an ultrasound. And the doctor came in and said, you have a blood clot in your leg. And it is 80% blocked from your ankle to your groin. And I laughed. I laughed at him because I thought that was ridiculous. And he said... 
we're not actually sure how we're going to be able to treat you because we don't see this very often, especially in young, new moms. There's a, there's an amount of blood clotting that your body needs after birth. Obviously, your uterus is healing, so we're not really sure how to handle this. You might need surgery, but what I do know is that we don't have the best treatment for you here. You need to go to Vic. So Katie had to put Shay in the car and drive to Vic while Shay screamed her head off because she needed to nurse every 45 seconds at that point. Uh, and I went in an ambulance. They insisted that I go in an ambulance because they didn't even want me walking in case I dislodged part of the clot. That was scary. That was super scary when they told me that they didn't even want me walking out of the building. Um, so I called Ryan from the ambulance and said, I think you need to leave work. You're going to need to come get Shay. You're going to need to bring my breast pump. You're going to, I had a whole list of stuff he had to bring to the hospital because I thought I was possibly having surgery. So we get to Vic and I'm in triage there. I sat in the hallway for a couple hours waiting for a room. And my mom and her partner, Michael, came while I was in triage. And I remember my mom walking in and looking at me with this look on her face like I was going to die. And I had not really considered the fact that I could die until that moment. Um, And that's one of my most hated memories, for sure, was the realization that this could this could spiral into more tragic things. So I had a deep vein thrombosis, which is in the leg, and it was my femoral vein, and it was, yeah, blocked 80%, So, but from my ankle to my groin. So when I thought of a blood clot before this, I thought, oh, like a cute little scab that, like, floats around in your veins. No, my leg was like a traffic jam of clots. Um, so they could not do surgery because they didn't want to start busting out clots and screw up anything in the pelvic region, which my clot went all the way up there. So it was just a bit of a sketchy situation. So they, um, kept me, they weren't sure what they were going to do. They kept me overnight. I remember laying in one room cause they didn't even know what department to put me in. That's how weirded out they were by this. They couldn't readmit me back into the mother baby unit, which in retrospect, I wish I had fought for because they made me send Shay home with Ryan and she was exclusively breastfed. That was probably the biggest stress of the entire thing is that I was feverishly on Facebook while laying in triage trying to get donated breast milk for Shay, which I did. Um, Also, not super important. Like, I should have been worrying about myself, but it was the one thing that I could control. Shay went home with Ryan and his aunt and his sister came over and stayed and helped him take care of her, and I stayed in the hospital overnight. The doctors originally told me that I couldn't breastfeed while I was on heparin, which was what I, it was an IV blood thing, blood thinning medication. So the doctors, yeah, told me I couldn't breastfeed on that. My midwife did her own research and let me know, yes, you are allowed to breastfeed while you're on heparin. So I did pump and store that milk. Uh, and so when I when they put me into a unit, which I don't even know what unit it was, I had a nurse who was uh, begrudgingly, begrudgingly forced to bring me my breast pump every two hours 
that whole night because I couldn't get up and walk and let me pump. And then she would take the milk and she would store it and she would rinse the bottles and the phalanges and do that every two hours all night. So the doctors kind of came in and out a little bit early on in the evening. My dad came to visit. I remember when my dad and my sister-in-law actually came to check on me. I burst into tears as soon as my dad walked in there, like just a big old baby. It was like, finally the emotions hit me. Ugh, it's terrible. I don't ever want to go back there. So I stay overnight and they don't let me eat because they think that I might be having surgery. Um, They come and tell me graciously in the morning around 10 or 11, it was not early, that they would not be doing surgery on me. And I said, oh, so I can eat? And they didn't even know that I hadn't eaten. And as a breastfeeding new mom who's stressed, like being not able to eat was torture, torture. I don't understand why they think that that's okay. So then I stayed a few more hours while they kind of got their bearings together and made sure, yes, surgery was not necessary. And I was sent home at 4 p.m. So my cousin Katie, actually, who brought me to the hospital, was the one who came and picked me up, pushed me around in my wheelchair and got me to the car and brought me home. And I did a week of Fragman injections So Ryan would have to freeze my abdomen and then smack me with a injection. And the hardest part of it all was that I had to go every other day to Life Labs to get my INR checked, which is your blood clotting levels, because I had to make sure that they were at a certain level every other day with a baby and a toddler for three months. My only three months off. Uh, because I went back to work at three months. So that was garbage. Absolute garbage every other day having to go there. We had amazing family and friends and I am very lucky. Our friends got us a Supperworks gift card. So we had meals taken care of for a long time. I remember my Oma, who we're going to have on the podcast soon, coming to take care of me and folding my laundry on my couch, but saying, if I'm going to sit here and fold your laundry, I'm going to make you get up and walk laps of the hallway once an hour. And she forced me to get up and walk because honestly, there were points where I thought I'd never walk normally again. There were points where I thought I wouldn't be able to be a massage therapist anymore because I wouldn't be able to stand all day. And there were many, many points where I questioned if I would live which doesn't bode well for postpartum. I didn't bond with Shay right away. In all honesty, I don't even know how long it took. Definitely the first like three to six months though were a bit hit and miss with my my attitude and bonding with her. I kind of had like a toe dipped out the door. Like what if I'm not going to stay here? So Big hugs to anybody who's been in a situation like that. It sucks. Um, So, yeah, three months of uh, Warfarin. Warfarin? Is that what it's called? Warfarin, yeah. And I getting my blood checked every other day. And at the end of three months, they actually said the clot was 80% gone. So they took me off blood thinners and all was good. I do now have post-thrombotic syndrome, which is a 
scar tissue left in my femoral vein from the blood clot damage. So I have swelling constantly in that entire left leg. I have varicose veins at the, like at my pubic bone. Um, and then I also have some major swelling in my ankle. So you can see the scar tissue beginning and ending in that leg. And it sucked. So we made the decision to not have any more kids after that because we had two perfectly wonderful kids and there was no point in risking another blood clot. Uh, those of you who may know me know my suspicions that possibly consuming my encapsulated placenta encouraged the blood clot. And I still believe that to this day that my body, I mean, like I said, with my first pregnancy with Everly, my hormones work pretty awesome when they are unaffected by anything from the outside. When I've been on birth control in the past, it's caused depression, um, varying levels with different kinds of birth control, and I've never felt well. And then I'm assuming that the placenta pills affected me in the same way that the birth control did, that it was a level of estrogen that my body was not able to deal with, and that's what caused the clot. So that being said, always understand the risks and the benefits of anything. And if you've if you're pregnant or you're you've just had a baby and you notice any abnormal swelling in one limb, get it checked out. I mean, I hope talking about this maybe will have somebody catch this a little sooner than I did and maybe you'll avoid some of the awesome swelling that you get to deal with and hopefully you'll avoid the pulmonary embolisms which I luckily did not ever have and hope to never have. So, that is the medium version of my story. I am shocked that I was talking to myself for 45 minutes. I'm sorry if that story scares any of you. I don't, that is not my intention. My intention is not to make everybody think that they're going to have a blood clot after having a baby. Um, I think that there's always the potential that something weird can happen to you. And the more things that we're aware of, the more signs and symptoms that we know, the more intuitive we can be. And the more that we talk to people that we trust, the safer that we'll be. Um, so I hope that you understand that that's why I like to share my story to hopefully help someone someday, not to hinder your mindset on birth because I would do this again and again if I could. Um, that's one of the questions actually that someone asked on Instagram today when I posted that I was doing a podcast by myself. So uh, Kaylee asked me, if you were to have another baby, is there anything you'd plan for differently? Um, if I were to have another baby, I would have the bougiest birth. I would have a photographer from the second my labor began. That's my biggest regret was not having a birth photographer. My friend Cynthia had offered to come and I was not in a place to call her when it when I realized my labor was started I didn't want someone to take pictures of me which is crazy so if you're having a baby and you have your partner there or your doula please get them to take pictures worst case scenario you delete all of them and they're crap but having pictures is so amazing and I hardly have any of Shay's birth I have a couple of after Everly's birth and I would have another baby 
just to get beautiful photos. I am obsessed with birth photography. Um, I would have twinkle lights. I would love to try laboring in water and having a baby in water. I've never had a baby in the water. That would be amazing. Um, I want to make a playlist. I just would probably get so birthzilla about it, like the birth version of a bridezilla. Also, I would love to invite so many people. Like if I could have a baby right now so my kids could go to a birth, I'd be so happy. I would love for my mom and my mother-in-law to come see a birth. Oh, that's what I would change. I would invite so many people, which seems so ass backwards, but it's just, I want to share beautiful birth with people who don't get to see it very often. And I hope that by following us, And by listening to us talk, you guys find the dream, the desire to have a birth that you feel safe, supported, happy, and maybe even excited about the experience. And know that even if things go squirrely, if you have support and you have consent and you have conversation that you can still feel great in whatever space you choose, whatever provider you choose, you can make it a beautiful experience. Every birth is beautiful. C-section, home birth, everything in between. I've been to them all. I love them all. And yeah, I, I also would love to name another baby. I love baby names. That would probably be the other part of having another baby I would love. Uh, yeah, so that's that. That's my birth story, my clot story. Thanks for listening. And yeah, please, 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 please. If you liked this episode and I made you laugh, we would love if you can rate, review, subscribe. Um, Reviews mean everything to us about the podcast because it helps get our podcast out to people. So if you can take the time to do that today, that would be amazing. Thank you for listening. And I'll be back in a couple weeks. Bye. We would just love it if you would take the time to leave us a five-star rating, a review. If you'd subscribe to our show, you can screenshot it while you're listening to us and even share it on the gram. Remember, you are important too. Disclaimer, we are not medical professionals. Everything said here is our own opinion and not to be taken as medical advice. We do not take any responsibility from the outcomes of you taking our advice. Please seek medical advice from your trusted healthcare professionals.